Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Disrupt Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and today we have another episode in the series of our CEO distance learning platform. And today we have Jordan Paris. He's a 22-year-old entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and he lives in beautiful Fort Myers Beach. So we asked him on to talk about his story and how he got to where he is today. And the students pepper him with questions. I hope you enjoy. So, I mean, I'll start. I mean, chronological order is like boring. You know, if, any, if there's anything I learned about storytelling, it's like start in the middle without any context. Uh, in medias res, it's like an ancient storytelling technique. Like you can think of documentaries like, or, or movies, if you've ever seen Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio sure. and Tom Hanks. Like it starts like with, with Leonardo DiCaprio about to die and then he escapes and then bam, it cuts to like, okay, how do we get there? And then they show that like two hours later. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now, like I have fun, I help people and I make money. I run a marketing and production agency for podcasters, which is Trend Up media trend up dot media is the website so dot com dot media and uh that's a lot of fun and i have this podcast called growth mindset university where i'm interviewing my heroes uh all the like you know robert green as i mentioned you see maybe in the background a couple of books um the floating shelf there the subtle art of not giving a F, uh, that book, uh, Mark Manson, I've interviewed him pretty much. That's my favorite shelf. I've interviewed a lot of people there. Um, Dan Millman, way of the peaceful warrior. I don't know if you know, if you know that book, I know, I know, I guarantee none of the, the the students know, know that book, but sure. (laughs) Uh, I've I've heard of the book. I've never read it, but so was that something that you is reading books? Was that how you educated yourself? I mean, is that, when did that start for you? When- so, yeah, you know, in high school, I was like, I didn't have any friends. I had this one friend. His name was Peter. Like, and, Imaginary uh, or real? No, it was a real friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was definitely a, a rough go of it. Like, you know, I had, it was, it was silly. Like I, and for, for context for people, I'm 22 years old now, uh, you know, I had this like girlfriend in ninth grade, right to like right off the bat. I saw her in study hall and a friend introduced us and, and it worked out until it didn't. And she broke up with me like two days before homecoming dance. And I just remember, man, I remember like the, just the awful feeling at the end of the, at the end of the school day, like waiting for the bus. And it was just like, I was so upset. And, uh, and I went home and, and cried and, and, and that was, that happened many times that year and the next year. And, uh, so, you know, middle of 10th grade, I start to really dig myself out of this hole. How do I do that? I turned to books. I turned to like, all right, I'm going to learn my way out of pain right here. Learn my way out of psychological pain. You know, I had been, I had I, I finally started confronting and actively engaging in, you know, this, this pain of mine instead of distancing myself from it. And so when I start engaging in it, I start doing that by reading and learning all that I can. And, you know, I was a very awkward person, didn't really know how to talk to people. And 
So I, a lot of the books I read were about communication and human behavior and like the laws of human nature that I mentioned earlier. Um, of course that's a more recent book, but, uh, captivate the science of succeeding with people by Vanessa Van Edwards, how to win friends and influence people, a classic. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. I read that in high school. Great book. Uh, I mean, what almost, uh, almost any, probably an 80 year old book now, maybe 90 year old book. And it's still just as relevant. And so I started reading a lot of those books and I've gone from like full on awkward person to recovering awkward person. And, uh, but it's just, you know, being able to connect with human beings has made my life a whole lot better. And whenever I have a problem, I, you know, there's, almost always a book, someone that's been through it, who's written a book, a, a whole book about it that I can go read. So you're 16, 15 or 16 years old, picking up <laughs> these, 16, like, probably, yeah. yeah, like adult help section books and entrepreneurship books, yeah, motivation well, books. It started with my, uh, it was just a, a complete act of grace. Uh, my uncle gifted me, it's, this one here, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. And that's what kind of started everything. It took me 60 days to read it. Like, big book, you know. It's dense. Yeah. Dense. <laughs> and it's dry. It's, honestly, it's really dry, too. Like the, right, it is. The con- it's, it's great, but it's very dry, and there's very few stories. So it's a hard book to read, but you get so much out of it. So I, like, sectioned out. I have it on a piece of paper. I wish I, I it's got to be still be in my desk up north, like pages one through nine this day. Next, you know, and, and I just sectioned it out, uh, like pages 10 through, and, and that's how I did it. So, like a lot of times when you're, when you're digging into something like that, you need like someone to like digest this stuff with. Were, did you have that, or were you just kind of doing this totally on your own and you didn't tell anyone? No. Or how did that work? Yeah, it was all on my own. Uh, I suffered in silence and I picked myself up in silence. It was like, it, it, it began and ended with me. Did people around you ever make comments of like, either what are you doing or you seem different? When did you kind of get that feedback a little a bit question. that something was changing? It's a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. You should be a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys, by the way, you guys got a cool teacher, man. He uses LinkedIn, which is a great tool. I wish I had a teacher like like Tyler in uh, when I was well, in high school. Not everyone likes it, but <laughs> I feel like we're doing all right. Are you? Do you teach LinkedIn a little bit in uh, class? Yeah. yeah, I have everyone sign up and and use it as yeah. a parallel networking tool because we're meeting a lot of these people in the community, and so I just think you know, a lot of times you meet someone and you you might get a card or they might tell you their contact information and you remember what they're about, you remember their story. And then maybe a year later, three months later, you run into a problem and you remember that guy or that girl that had that thing that knew that stuff. And if you don't have some easy way to just reconnect with them, um, you, you know, you might not be able to get a hold of them, especially when my students are meeting 300 people a year. So if they connect on LinkedIn, like live as we're going through this process, then they can easily just reach back out to that person. Yeah, that and you can, if you're creating content and people are noticing you can be that gal or that guy for a lot of people. Like you can at scale, you know, a lot of people have this problem. They think of you immediately. 
So, uh, but yeah, yeah, your question though, when do I start noticing things? It was after high school graduation, that summer going into college when, uh, you know, people start, like the, the comment was, Tyler, it was the way I carried myself. That's what other people would, would, would take notice of and, and verbalize. That's when I started noticing. And were you deliberate about like changing your actions or seeing things in a different way because of the books? Or was it more like osmosis? You took in all this information and it sort of started changing you. It was osmosis, but I also took, it's actually this notebook. Let's see if I can grab it. Yep, that's good. <laughs> I took notes. Uh, Ma- the Mastery of Love. I read this, uh, how many years ago? Uh, I read that six years ago. These are, these are notes from six years ago. Um, Tony Robbins. I took, oh yeah, here's, here's one of 40 pages of notes on Awaken the Giant Within. Wow. And, are, and I would make- reread it all the time. Oh, you did? Okay. I was going to say, did you just write it as a kind of cementing exercise or was it actually a reference cheat sheet? No, it was a, it was a big, big reference. Yeah. And, and like Captivate, The Science of Succeeding with People, that book that Vanessa wrote. I, you know, I have notes somewhere in here on that. And whenever I would go out, like freshman year of college, whenever I would go out in, uh, you know, to a social setting, I would reread my notes on that. <laughs> I don't want to ask about specific success stories of using those strategies while you're in college, uh, <laughs> maybe on a different podcast. So the, uh, the, so that brings up the question to me is, was it a foregone conclusion with you and maybe your parents or your family that when was it decided that you were going to college? Because I feel like a lot of kids from it's birth, de- it's, yeah, it's decided for them. It's not a decision. It's, no. it's more of a decision. Where are you going to go? That's no, a default. Is. Yeah. Where is where you're gonna go? It's not are you gonna go? Yeah. Yes. And so, how how was that for you? And I mean, I can kind of guess how that was. But tell me, how much conversation did you have with mom or dad or whoever had already made that decision about what was yeah. really happening? I, I had no conversation about it. I was very much go with the flow. Like I was not exactly directing the flow at that point in my life. Now, if I were, you know, if I had my views now that I if I had them as an 18 year old, uh, going off to college, um, I probably wouldn't be going <laughs> and I'd also be disowned, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I mean, my, 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 my father's a, a general surgeon, my mother's a nurse and my, uh, my, my grandfather's a patent attorney. I've got other d- uncles or doctors like I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't go over. That's <laughs> well, okay, what I'm trying to say. Sure. And so yeah. how do they feel about what you're doing now? Is oh, a... lovely. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, you know, even considering all that, they're uh, shockingly like with zero resistance, just unconditional love and support for it. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. Um, yeah. As long as I'm, as long as I get the piece of paper, like that's what <laughs> they care. It. Right. Yeah. They're like, okay, check that box. We'll give you the yeah. freedom to do what you actually want to do. Yeah. 
Let's talk about your first book. When did that idea come up that you were actually going to do that? And then the execute execution process of it. Yeah. Growth mindset university. Like it was just, uh, it was, it was spur of the moment sort of thing in March of 18, 2018. And just did it. I, uh, I wrote in, it's cool that I got all this stuff, I guess <laughs> it's in this notebook here that I wrote out all the topics be kind of impossible to find, but why not? Um, I wrote out all the topics and talking points that I wanted to cover throughout the book. And I, then from there I assembled it into like those, those bullets, they became my chapter titles, my headings, my subheadings. And so what, what did I have there? Well, I had the steps laid out in front of me and I just kind of walked up the steps. Like once you have the structure like that, it's kind of easy. And when I was talking to Robert Green on Friday, he, he has a very, you know, albeit much more intense uh, strategy, a similar strategy like that but uh yeah it took uh it took 29 days to write it i just worked for 10 hours a day and then another 30 to self-publish it and uh get everything formatted and edited and 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 whatnot and uh and yeah and then the next book it took a lot longer but <laughs> yeah we'll get to that one. honest honestly you know like i don't regret writing it but writing a book as a 20 year old, um, a general like self-help book as a 20 year old, it's just not the move. Like it's, it's just not like, I wish I wrote that book 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And I will like essentially write it again and completely disregard, you know, what I, you know, the fact that I wrote that other one, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no errors. People reach out to me, say they like it. People reach out to me, say they bought it. And I'm just like, cool. But at the same time, I've changed way too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of things I would do differently about but it. The, the act of doing it prepared you more for the second one. And it, I think- that, and it, it also gave me incredible leverage to do everything else in my life. It was just this great piece of credibility. Sure. Yeah. When like my, my differentiating point was like, like when I, when I could say 20 year old author, like, and it's not a four page book it's a 184 page book. Like when I could say like, that was like a really cool thing. Sure. It gave me a lot of credibility. Yeah. It's interesting in an internet world and that does carry weight still today. Uh-huh. Um, but when you, I'm trying to draw parallels between where our kids are, are right now listening to this, where they have this little idea, they may not tell their friends about it, even though they might be excited because they're excited, embarrassed. I mean, oh, here we go. Hold up. Book, book talking points right here. This is a list. And, I start, <laughs> and then this is the rough table of contents over here. Yeah, sure. That's, uh, I found it. Sorry, continue. I very rudely interrupted. No, no problem. And I, I deserve some of that back. So when you had the little idea, were you telling people about it? Were you kind of scared I told nobody of it? about it. No okay. one. No. I, why do you think that is? I kept, I've kept quiet. Well, kind of the, uh, of the philosophy 
say less, do more. Instead of saying, I'm going to write, you say, I've written. Yes. It's a big difference. It's much more powerful that way. And, and, and you can say, oh, I've written, but it's even more powerful when other people find out for themselves and you don't even say a freaking word. Law four, 48 laws of power, always say less than necessary. People don't need to know everything about you. Learn to withhold information. You know, often when we talk too much, you know, we're more likely to say something stupid or come off as cocky or, you know, like there's a story in the 48 Laws of Power to illustrate that law, always say less than necessary, where, you know, a guy hundreds of years ago in Russia, you know, King ordered him to be hung for some sort of offense. And when they hung him, the rope broke. And when the rope broke, they, that would, they would take that as a sign that this person should be let off and they would pardon the person. But after the rope broke, the guy says, the guy that got hung, he was like, these stupid Russians, I can't even make, they can't even make rope. And the king was about to sign the pardon. You know, he's about to sign off on it. You know, let him go. And you know, we're not going to hang him anymore. We're not going to retry him. Then he goes, did he say anything when the rope broke? And the informant relayed that information. Oh, yeah, he said this about how Russians can't make rope. And the king was like, oh, let's prove that we can. And he threw the document to the side, and they hung him, and the rope did not break. If he would have just shut his mouth, he would have lived. So always, always say less than necessary. And, and that's how I operate. It's a little bit anti-Instagram, don't you think? It is. And if you look at my Instagram, number one, I don't post a lot. Number two... The caption is like always one or two or three words. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cryptic. It could, that's yeah. it. Sinks like. Sure. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you start the, the podcast or have the idea for the podcast? Was it after kind of building an idle favorite shelf? Ah, uh, uh, uh. Um, gosh, when did this shelf go up? It went up probably around the same time. Yeah, like the exact same time as. I started writing the book and started the podcast. I started the podcast in April of 2018. Started writing the book in March. And uh, and the shelf probably went up at that time too. And never like, never occurred to me like, oh, I should reach out to these people. So these you, like, like if I would have just procrastinated, if I would have just like, like because, it, because it wasn't perfect, then if I would have not started because it wasn't perfect, that would suck. That would really suck. I'd be right now, Tyler. I would be uh, a twenty-two-year-old ready in, to enter the non-existent job market. I just saw an article that these recent graduates, twenty twenty graduates, were supposed to enter the hottest job market in fifty years, and oops, that didn't happen, dude. So I'm, I feel so bad for my friends. Like it's really <laughs> bad, dude. I don't even like. I don't even know. What's a like, yeah, it's weird. Talks about the, it kind of preaches to me the value of a side hustle. And because you never know, 
it, it could turn into something or it could turn into a necessity at some point, or you could learn some stuff that you can apply to what you're doing in your profession or lead you to a different path or, or meet people. And that's what these, these kids are basically doing is, is they're doing something that no other 16, 17, 18 year old, or at least less than 0.1% would ever do is start an actual business while you're still in high school. And if you're going to give them, if you went and cherry picked some of the best advice from some of the books that you have, what would you, what would you kind of say to them? I know it's kind of putting you on the spot. Well, what's, you know, what's coming to mind, what I don't, I don't know, like best advice from like the books I've read, maybe I can get to that, but the most relevant, you know, to you right now, what I was thinking of is that number one, being in that very small percentage of, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds that uh, are starting a, a business. Like if, if you do well, the reward is that you have options coming out of high school. Like, Hmm. Maybe I don't have to like, Oh, I have this income established. I don't really have to go to college. Like, but if you don't have options coming out of high school, uh, you don't have anything better going on for you then. Yeah. College is kind of like, you you probably should go probably should. So that's number one. Number two is a lot of times what you're doing, what you start off doing it's going to evolve tremendously. What you, like when I started out, I mentioned like my, even if you even want to call it entrepreneurial journey, started out as a personal trainer. It was like a glorified freelancer. And then I, be, and then I was still a glorified freelancer. I started because I, I, I had to develop a website for myself as a personal trainer and, I was like, and then I got good at it. I was like, oh, I can do this for other people. I started doing that. And then, uh, like I never, ima- never imagined writing a book and starting a podcast. And then from the podcast, like people started asking me, you know, all, all questions about podcasting. I was like, oh, this is what people want from me. And so I started a marketing and production agency for podcasters last year, a year ago, like exactly. And, uh, that's, that's been great. And who knows what that's gonna evolve into. Like, I, I just have this, I have this conviction, like, uh, that, like, I just know for fact that, you know, I haven't made tens of millions of yet, not quite, but, <laughs> but I'm going to like, it's, I'm going to crush it so far out of the park, like just crush it. You know, people, they, it, people that think I'm crushing it now, like, just wait, you haven't seen anything. Um, and the point of why I say that is, who knows if it's even trend up media that's going to be the driver of those tens of millions of dollars. Who knows? Like, I'm, I almost think it's likely, I'm open to it being something completely different that I, it's not even within my world yet. Like, I can't even imagine what it's going to be it's going to make me those hundreds of millions of dollars. Like I have no, like I'm, it just keeps evolving and everything builds on the last. I keep leveraging one into the next. And I feel like a lot of people in this class, a similar journey is going to take place for them. And they have to be open to it because I think open, Jordan, yeah. when you look at there's, I look at seniors in high school that are, they know they're going to college just like you as a foregone conclusion. They feel almost 
paralyzed by the lack of options. Like they, like I have to pick a major. I don't know. They're so scared of making a mistake. Right. Like I don't want to pick the wrong college. I don't want to pick the wrong major. And there's a certain anxiety around that traditional path that almost comes from having no vision because they're not making a decision about what they're going to do with their future. They're making a decision on a major and it, it's like, it's almost made up. But then like th that anxiety compared to the type of people that I think in you are definitely one of these that revel in unknowing and it's exciting knowing like trusting your own abilities that you'll figure it out and then enjoying the freedom of not knowing where, where you're going, but knowing you'll be able to figure it out. Absolutely. And I think there's, there's a real option there and it's something that's not necessarily taught or shared in high school. You have to go and find it on your own. You have to be uh -huh. kind of like a, you know, I don't want to say a weirdo, but someone like that has their heart broken at 15 or 14 has to go and read a bunch of adult books to figure that out. Um, so what would you say to them? Um, and kids feel free to type, start typing your questions in for Jordan here too. Um, what would you say to them about their first business venture that, uh, you know, in addition to not knowing where they're going to go and it just being a starting point, simple things maybe with working with others, or things you've learned with uh, working with clients that you think could help them. Sorry, I was at, I was I was answering yep, got it. I was sl sl answering half of his question. Uh, we'll get get to the other half of it in a, in a second. But what, what did you say? So right, a little bit. Uh, you had to study a lot about yeah, how to yeah, work yeah. with other people. You know, so before you went out to have your best chance right, at a right, right, right. good college night. What advice would you give to them when they start working with adults? You know, in their businesses to uh -huh. kind of help that part of it. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a good question. I mean, it's just a learn, man. Like, you know, if it doesn't come naturally to you, learn. Like, go go seek out the resources from people who ought to know, like I did. Um, and a lot of times, too, like, you know, we have, we have these reservations in our, in our head. You know, like, oh, should I say that? Should I, should not? We keep second guessing ourselves, and by the time, and then you know, and then we decide to say it, but then it's like too late. And in social settings, with you know, whether it's you know informal or informal, you need to silence your inner critic at all costs. You can criticize yourself later. You can learn later. But while you're in the middle of a social situation, turn that, turn that noise down. F that noise, right? Just say it, smile, if you, and, and laugh. And odds are the other person will smile and laugh too. But stay in your head, you're dead, as Tony Robbins would say. Right. Yeah, I think if you go to people with a humility um, and a vulnerability, 99% of good humans are going to just like be there to help you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So can you explain that? Can you explain more about uh, what you do in Trend Up Media and how you started? Aiden's question. Sure. So essentially, you know, it's like record and forget people that want podcasts, you know, just record it and we take care of the rest, you know, produce the whole thing, edit it, uh, you know, post it, title it, show notes, uh, create the marketing materials. Uh, do you yeah, work with like subs? just, just everything. What'd you say? 
do you work with sub, like subcontractors that do this? Do you have employees or how, what's the structure? Yeah. So I, you know, I give them 1099s cause they're not exactly employees. I mean, they're team members. I have a whole team of people, but right. no, they're, yeah, they're, I guess you, I guess you call them contractors that are yeah. very long-term contractors. Yeah. I guess. Got so. it. The IRS. Sure. They won't have questions about that. Um, <laughs> Can you get us? A Bro, list I like I, you, we, I, I like to beat up on the IRS. Man. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, what made you decide that podcasts and not more of a YouTube thing was was kind of uh, your good question? So, I actually, as a high schooler, had my eyes on being this personal trainer with like a like a big YouTube following that sold online programs and all that. Like that was the dream. Oh yeah, really wanted it. And, you know, there's all these people I wanted to, that I, I want to model uh, myself after in that sense. And I just could, I, not that I tried too hard, but I could just never figure out YouTube and it's an unbelievable amount of work and it's so saturated. Um, yeah. Like one of the things I, I, I write about in my book, like, and I forget the exact numbers right now, but what is there? there's like one podcast for every 22 YouTube channels with over 10 subscribers. It's, wow. it's either 22 or 32 or 36 or something, but you get, you just, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, and those numbers, like the ratio becomes even more, uh, the contrast becomes even more, um, more so when you consider that like how many of those podcasts are even active, like it's really like one to a hundred, man. Um, so there's, I, there's a lot more opportunity there and it's a much easier medium. Uh, at least in my opinion, my strengths were, were, have been suited for podcasts. Sure. It's a lot. I mean, when you add the layer of video too, it just adds a whole nother skill set that you need. And it's yeah. dude, time and the skill set is, uh, is tough. Now with that said, the, the podcast, once the, you know, once this anomaly of a pandemic is over, um, you know, I've been 2020 was the year that I was supposed to make like the majority of my podcast in person with a high quality video production to be posted on YouTube. Yep. So hopefully that'll still happen in 2020. Sure. Cool. Not really within my control. <laughs> no, not right now. But I mean, that's what we're doing right now is just uh -huh. kind of adapting and I'm recording this and um, beautiful. We'll sh share it out as well. Beautiful. So two quick questions. One, and I'll paraphrase this one from Dalton is if you could suggest knowing that these kids are starting businesses and in high school, is there a, a book or two that you think would be, practical for them right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me look around. See, sure. we got, we got a lot to choose from. Uh, I would say number one, the laws of human nature. If you spend time, if you invest time in reading that 600 page book, you will not be disappointed. And I think human nature is one of the best things and human behavior. They're one of the, some of the best things that you can study in terms of, communicating with people, uh, effectively communicating your ideas, entrepreneurship, sales, uh, speaking of sales, this book right here, 
That's not good. All right. I kind of caught it. Sell it like Sir Hant. Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing New York. Interviewed yep. him. That episode's coming out in like two weeks. Um, good book. And, oh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss is a book. Have not interviewed him, by the way. A book all about negotiation. Oh, my gosh. It's just... It's still like three or four years later, like one of the most popular books on Amazon. Like it's just a smash hit that book. You may have heard of it, Tyler, have you? Yeah, I have. And I was actually looking yeah. at another one that I like in that same vein. Persuasion is like one of my, oh, yeah, one of my a... favorite books as well. Where is that? Super practical. Uh-huh. What else? Mm, you got to read Captivate, the, the Science of Succeeding with People. You got to read How to Win Friends and Influence People. I know you asked for one or two, but. Yep. Like if you read 10 minutes and pulled out one little tool, which is probably what you did, you have one tool that resonates with you in the story that you read yeah. that all of a sudden you see everywhere. And you start yeah, applying. yeah, yeah. And that's the way like you should be applying these lessons. It's, it's overwhelming to apply all of them from a book at once. It's like, and, that, and this is what I would focus on, especially with like Captivate. I would learn, you know, one, you know, uh, tactic and, you know, from a chapter and try to focus on that, like for that day. And yeah. You're just adding to your tool belt over the Uh long haul. Good one to read. Just a general book is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, because I think it's important to understand that concept. Pretty practical today. Yeah. All right. My last question that I had already known I was going to ask is what's the next book and have you started? <laughs> I don't know the next book. I don't. Okay. Yeah. It's really tough to say. I could, I could see myself writing a book about education. I could see myself writing a book about money. Specifics on both of those. Not exactly sure yet, but yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't, authors don't write books because they feel like they have to, or at least the good authors, they, they write when like they have something to say. So I just don't, I don't really have anything to say, anything to say right now. <laughs> like, You're I just still don't. in like learning and building phase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Hey, I appreciate you taking the time today and I'm going to have the kids. Should they follow you on LinkedIn? Is that where you want them to go and follow you? Yeah, LinkedIn. And you know, when you, when you connect with me, there's going to be a big problem that you see pop up. It's going to ask for my email. So you can just type in jp at jordanparis.com and that will enable you to connect with me. Um, if you forget the email, you can just follow me, send me a message and I'll send you a connection request myself. So cool. All right. Hey, Jordan, I appreciate it. Hey, Tyler, this was a lot of fun. Everyone, uh, be well. Thank you. You too. Take care. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Disrupt Ed Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard and you would like to be a guest or you know a guest that would be great for our students to hear, please find me, Tyler Gerking, on LinkedIn. T-Y-L-E-R-G-E-H-R-K-I-N-G. Have a good one. Stay well.